Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 623 for the 20th of Av in a regular year. So have you heard the phrase, live your truth? It's very popular nowadays. People say, you know, do whatever makes you happy. Live your truth. Be yourself. That kind of thing. And people have mixed feelings about this. Some people, obviously, by virtue of it being super popular, love the phrase. And they feel like it is the answer to life, to live your truth. Other people get very annoyed by this phrase. Other people say that this phrase is very short-sighted, that your truth is limited by your experiences, and there's no such thing as your truth. There's only the truth. There's objective reality. There's no, you know, if, if, if somebody were to look up at the sky and s- declare that they see an elephant in the sky. Uh, is there an elephant in the sky or is there not? If they declare that that is their truth, that there's an elephant in the sky, I mean, objectively, we can measure, is there an elephant in the sky or not, you know? Uh, so it kind of becomes silly, this idea of your truth. On the other hand, it's a little bit more nuanced because we've learned even in Tanya about the idea of perception and the power of perception. Uh, what if somebody were to look up at the sky and declare that the clouds are, are pink or purple? Would we say, oh, that's silly. That's, you know, your truth. Ha ha. That's, there's no such thing. The clouds are actually white. Well, it depends because color is really a perception. And maybe this person was wearing tinted sunglasses that made the clouds appear pink. And maybe the only reason why we perceive the clouds as being white is because we are, our perception is influenced by the sun, by the the rays of the sun, the time of day, things like that. So it really is a much more nuanced conversation than it might seem at first glance. The truth versus our truth, live your truth. So today we're actually going to find a meeting ground between both of these things. And interestingly, what the meeting ground, where is that meeting ground? The meeting ground is in giving charity and giving staka, which as if you haven't noticed already, in this section of the Tanya is a huge portion. It's a very, very big theme in this, in this part of the Tanya, the idea of staka, giving staka and the great power of it. And we already began this discussion a little bit yesterday, like with a little bit of an intro, where we started talking about Yaakov Avinu. And we started talking about how Yaakov Avinu is associated with compassion, the trait of compassion. And we hinted at the fact that there might be some kind of relationship between compassion and truth, because we see that there's this idea that we are rewarded with truth through giving staka. And while we didn't really come to a conclusion as to how that is yesterday. Yesterday, we really focused more about this attribute of compassion and what it means to really have compassion on and to arouse compassion on, on, on high. Uh, and the way that we do that is through 
arousing a sense of compassion for our godly souls, which are trapped within our physical bodies and this physical world, which is not its home. So it's like we pity it. We want we pity the captivity of the godly soul. Today, we're going to continue with this discussion. We're actually going to conclude this section, uh, this, this epistle. And we're going to link this back to truth. And we're going to talk about why specifically this arousal of compassion that happens that we can really do through giving staka can bring about uh, us, can connect us to an at the attribute of truth and can actually merge our truth with the ultimate truth. So that when we say live your truth versus live the ultimate truth, there is no distinction between the two. So, Let's get into the text and see how the altar of it explains this, and we'll explore it a little bit more as we go. So for context, we are concluding Epistle 6 today of Igeris HaKodesh. And so the altar of it begins, and he says that it's known, and we've spoken about this previously in the first part of the Tanya as well, that there are two types of love and fear of God. The first one, which is something that we really focused on yesterday a little bit more, is the, this is, is comes about through intellectual contemplation and knowledge on the greatness of God. And those and thinking about those kind of things lead to a sense of love and fear in God. And this really relates to yesterday's episode more. You can go back and listen to that there. Well, we didn't talk about love and fear. We talked about compassion, but we did talk about arousing the sense of compassion for our godly soul through this intellectual meditation and contemplation upon, upon how great God is and how infinite God is and everything. And then it's like we compare this world to that and we see we really come to this like state of like a, a, a realization and a rude awakening, so to speak, of how this infinite spark of God is found here in this lowly world of concealments that seems like so far from it. And that can really lead to um, to a feeling of compassion. Uh, so it's, it's, it's these emotions that are born of intellect. But then there's now back to what we're learning today, then the altar of says that, so yes, there are these, this intellectual way to arouse these feelings of love and fear of God. But then there's another type of love and fear in God that actually comes, comes about as a gift from above. As we spoke about previously, and so this is also, we spoke about this more at, in le- at length in the first part of the Tanya in the Sefer Shobananim, chapter four, 14, if you want to look it up. And, um, and so, and to support this idea of the, of the love being a gift from God, the altar of cites a Pasuk from Bamedbar chapter 18, verse seven, where it says, Avodat matana eten keunatchem which means I shall grant you your priestly service as a gift. So, and what is the priestly service? The priestly service says the altar of this is the attribute of love and it's also the attribute of fear. So meaning to say that it's like this verse is basically telling us that Hashem gives as a gift, this this gift of serving Hashem with love and fear, this gift of the, the priest, the priestly gift. And so now the altar Arba says, for sure, there's no comparison between the first types of love and the second type of love, um, because the second type, the first type of love is is uh, is generated, is humanly generated, right? It's like what we can think of as like our experience. It's a subjective experience of how much we understand God, how much we know about God. This is the extent to which we're going to to uh, to love God. It's what we can call, going back to our introduction, our truth, basically. It's like what we know about God, what we subjectively know. The second one, though, the one that comes about as a gift from God, this is what we can actually call truth. 
not our truth or or your truth or whatever, but truth, emet in Hebrew. Because why? Because we see that this is there's a there's a teaching in the Gemara in Masachet Shabbos, page fifty-five a, that the seal, the the signature of God is truth. So it's like if something comes from truth, if something go- comes from God, this is truth because God is the true truth, and. Any truth that we have, any my truth, your truth, whatever, is like nothing in comparison to him. So really, this is kind of making the argument against the your truth kind of thing of find your truth. It's like your truth is silly in comparison to objective truth, which is God. However, okay, so it's like now that we see this, now that we know that like, okay, there's something about this truth that's like beyond my truth, your truth, how do we achieve this? How do we merit to this truth of this godly truth that comes about only from a gift from God. It's not, it cannot be generated just through our own intellectual contemplation at all. The way that we do this is actually through arousing the great uh, compassion over the spark of godliness that's found in our soul. So that's like we're going back to yesterday where we talked about this arousal of compassion, this arousal of pity over the godly spark that's found inside of our souls. And we see that this, this, um, this compassion, this attribute of compassion is the attribute of Yaakov, right? Because we know that Yaakov is associated with the, um, there's a there's a verse associated with Yaakov from Shemot, chapter 26, verse 28, which says, Mavrech el that it's it's like a bolt that's found in the base of Mikdash that goes from one end to the other. Meaning to say that it's like it it pierces through. It's like it, it, it goes from the highest level to the lowest level in order to draw down the truth of God to this lowly and dark world. Because like something that's true is not just something that's really true, that's objectively true, is not just going to be true in one instance. A true truth, an objective truth, which is the truth of God, is going to be true in all circumstances. It's going to be like that bolt that goes from the highest place to the lowest place, from one end to the other. It's going to surpass all of these things. Uh, and so even in the darkness, this truth is found. As it says in Micha, chapter 7, verse 8, Ki eshev Hashem or li. That when I sit in the darkness, Hashem is a light to me. So meaning even in the darkest place, God is still there. It's There's no place that's not, that's devoid of God, that's devoid of this truth, this true truth. And uh, and this is and this is the meaning of of another phrase. This one is from Tehillim, chapter 117, verse 2, where it says, For his kindness has prevailed over us. So meaning that Hashem's kindness prevails over the darkness of the world. So this truth pierces through everything. And so, uh, and, and so again, the way we tap into this is ha- is through arousing this com- compassion for our godly soul. So now we're starting to get the answer as to the connection between compassion and truth, because somehow the way that we can access this objective truth, this godly truth, is through arousing the compassion of Yaakov. Because when we arouse this compassion, what are we having compassion for? We're having compassion over our godly soul, which is true truth. So there's a link there. But then the ultra Rebbe brings up a potential, a, a seeming challenge to this idea. So we're talking about this like ultimate truth, this, you know, objective truth and all of that. Um, but who is arousing this truth? This truth that we arouse is coming from us, right? And so this truth, when we're arousing this truth, when we're arousing this compassion, it needs to be done also with truth. But when we talk about truth, that is just like an, an um 
like it's this is our truth like i'm serving god with truth right now i'm when i'm arousing that compassion over my godly soul that's me that's a subjective experience so how can we compare this 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 uh this my truth to the true truth of god so it's like it's sort of like it seems like a contradiction right it's like if we're saying that we want to tap into objective truth and that the you truth the subjective truth is not really like that impressive it's not anything in comparison to god how can we arouse this objective truth if all we have is our subjective truth and our subjective brain so the altar gives us a solution and he gives us a uh, a shortcut to this how how do we do this it's like a, a, a straight way is the attribute of staka because staka is the attribute of compassion for the one who has nothing of their own in order to revi- uh, vivify the lowly spirit. So basically, so think about that for a second. So basically, when you give staka, when you're giving staka to somebody, what you're doing is you're acknowledging this person has a lack and this person's lack, I'm going to nourish their lack. I'm going to give them something to fill that lack that they have. And so when we do this down here below, this is what we, what it's called an esarusa dilatata, an arousal from below. And this esarusa dilatata arouses, causes, elicits an esarusa dilatata, an arousal from above. And so then this rouses Hashem to wake up those who sleep, it's called, and slumber. So that's that's from uh, from davening, that phraseology. And so what does that mean? Who is Hashem waking up? Hashem is waking up the great compassions and the supernal kindnesses, the supernal chasadim that are hidden to come out of hiding and to be revealed with a great revelation, uh, with the illumination, it's called. This is from Yov chapter 30, 33, verse 30, illuminated with the light of life, emet Hashem le'olam, the truth of Hashem into this world. Uh, so basically, so it's like, uh, just to explain that for a second, when we give tzedakah here in this world, what we're doing is we're, like I said, we're acknowledging that the person we're giving tzedakah to has a lack, has, is, is lowly in some way, and we're arousing our compassion to give to them. And so that arouses a response from above in kind where Hashem looks at us and he sees, oh, wow, we're the lowly ones. We have nothing. So then he gives over his attribute of compassion, which is ultimately linked to his truth and his attribute of, of kindness, and he gives it to us. And so it's so this is how we can like hack the system, basically, and we can tap into the tr- true truth, which is God through this giving of tzedakah. And this is why this uh, we use the the term sowing when we talk to tzedakah, like planting a seed, tzri'ah in Hebrew, uh, where, we, where we say that it's like zoret tzedakot. That's going back to the first passage that we started this epistle with, with sowing tzedakah. This causes, um, this brings about truth to in, because th- truly when we, like basically when we give tzedakah here, it's like we're planting a seed to sprout this supernal truth of the truth of God. And now specifically, to be more particular, the Altarabah really emphasizes here, this is especially true when we were talking about giving tzedakah and chassad um, of, of truth that is done in Israel, in the land of Israel, in the Holy Land, that should, uh, that should be uh, maybe built and established speedily in our days, amen, the Altarabah says, um, in order to... Um, to establish that which it says in Tehillim, chapter 85, verse 12, that the truth shall sprout forth from the land. So there's something about the land of Israel 
that is uh, that really want to sprout forth truth from it because the land of Israel is a very holy place. And by sowing this stucca in it uh, and the kindness and compassions that are that are gathered and are brought within this land of Israel, this causes, again, this is the same kind, this on high, this causes this arousal of these supernal um, kindnesses that are really hidden up there. As it is written, that that's from Tehillim chapter 31, verse 20, which means that how great your kindness is, which you have hidden in order to establish them in and firmly in the land of Israel. And this is what is written, which is a, uh, a citation from Yeshayahu chapter 54, verse 14, through tztaka, you shall be firmly established. So that's the end of this section, the end of the epistle. And so just to conclude and bring it all together, the basic idea is that this discussion, your truth, uh, you know, objective truth, whatever, objective truth really is more truthful than your truth. However, all we have is our truth. That's that's the only thing we really have. So the people that, that argue for your truth are not totally off because that is kind of like the only reality that we live in. But ultimately, we want to merge the two. Ultimately, we do want to tap into that ultimate truth and have our truth be that objective truth, but that objective truth is God. And our intellectual contemplation can only take us so far in that realm. So the way that we can really hack the system and that we can tap into this higher truth, tap into this objective truth, is through giving staka. Why? Because when we give staka, what we're doing is we're acknowledging the lowliness of the other. And this is causing us to feel compassionate towards the other who lacks. And this action is an arousal from below that elicits an arousal from above on high where Hashem responds in kind. And he looks at us and he sees how lowly we are. He sees how much we're lacking. He sees how small our truth is in comparison to the true truth. And he gives us in kind, just like we give staka, Hashem gives us staka. This arouses within him his hidden attributes of the, the supernal staka, the supernal great rahamim, the great, uh, the great compassion. And this showers upon us his truth, the true truth, which is God. So that's it for today. And we will continue tomorrow when we begin a new epistle, uh, epistle seven. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.